1% better. That is the coaching mantra this next guest here, Jack, has used in his vast coaching career in the Chattahoochee Valley. That's right, and he's turned the Pacelli Vikings into a powerhouse, not only on the basketball court, but overall as the athletic director. And we'll talk to him next. This is On Your Sidelines. Their story isn't. Time to hang out on the sidelines and learn the real stories of these sports icons. Welcome to the On Your Sidelines podcast with the News 3 sports team. Hey, bringing in everybody. I'm sports director Rex Castillo, joined by weekend sports anchor and my tag team partner, Jack Patterson. How you doing, man? What's good, my good brother? We are living good in the neighborhood. So we're doing a t-shirt check as usual, but kind of a bonus t-shirt check. Two for one special here. Celebrating the Pacelli Vikings, the boys soccer team, making that final four run. And it seems like Jack just Pacelli is becoming good at every sport at all, all months throughout the year. Absolutely. Shout out to Alex Guja and his squad. They had a fantastic season. You know, one of the best in school history. I think it's the furthest they've gone in school history. And just an all-around good team. I got to hang around them a lot, especially as they made their run to the playoffs. So, Shout out to them for a fantastic year. Well, a big reason why Pacelli Sports are doing so well is our next guest. Let's welcome in Corey Blackhead, boys basketball coach and athletic director for the Pacelli Vikings. Coach, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, thank you all for having me, Ritz and Jax. I really appreciate being here. So, Coach, you've done an incredible job with Pacelli Sports as a whole, but let's focus on the basketball team. 1%, if anyone knows you, 1% better is your mantra. Just could you kind of break down what that means to you, what you hope that does for, for your kids? Yeah, it's, it's, it's something I started when I first took over the basketball program. When I first got to Pacelli, we was um, 0-22. And um, I knew that going in that it was going to be a, a everyday process. And a, you know, you got to work on it every day. You know, like you say, Rome is, wasn't built overnight, but they worked on it every day. So that's why I came up with 1% that I said if we just do it every day, just work on it year by year, we'll get to a point where we got some success. And this year we, we climbed that mountain a little bit. Yeah, climbing the mountain is an understatement. 18 and four, first ever trip to the Elite Eight. You know, just knowing that hard work that that group of kids put in, you know, how did it feel to see it all starting to finally pay off? Oh, it makes you feel good, you know, just to see that work. You know, we talk to kids all the time about work hard, work hard, work hard. And sometimes they work hard and it don't go their way sometimes, you know, on the court. Then, but so it's good to see that you push them, you push them, and they really buy into the one percent and every practice, every game, just try to get better, and those are the results you get. So we see all the highlights, uh, you know, wh whether it be Deuce doing a three sixty windmill or some crazy like that, or boys hitting threes left and right. But take us through, I guess, the the program. As you, I think we were talking earlier, you're actually starting practice in summer. Just how much time do your boys spend in the gym with this? Oh, it's it's crazy. You know, like most summer programs in this city, they go play a bunch of summer league basketball games. We take for, take a little different approach at Patel in my program. We just we grind. We call it the June grind, where we're in the gym every day, um, four or five hours. We don't play any games for the whole month of June till this upcoming weekend. We'll we'll go to the GHS eighteen count where we're playing in front of three four hundred coaches. But our kids, we're just in the gym every day, uh, getting better one percent. I'm, I'm big. I love teaching the game. I love the skill work. I love that stuff. I, I don't. I rather do the practice than play games. Um, and so we we practice way more than we play. And uh, we we just spend a lot of time in the gym because I think skill work is 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 a big deal. So you've been coaching at several different levels for all your career. You know what? With the one percent better mentality, you know what have you seen different from your 
your players at Pacelli that, you know, you've seen at other places? And, you know, what's the difference? The difference is the development. The development, the uh, the time they spend in the gym, the time they spend working on their craft. Um, I think our kids just spend a little bit more time in the gym. Um, Pacelli's different, you know. Some of my better players have a key to the gym. Um, <laughs> you can't do that at a lot of places in yeah. the city. Um, but, hey, when you're private school, you got to do some things a little different. When a kid tells you he want to go to the next level, you got to give him all the resources to be able to get to the next level. So having access to go shoot on the shooting machine at any time of the day or night, that's 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 valuable. And most kids can't get that in this area. So when you give them that resources to shooting machines, gym, weight room, that that's going to improve the game. When they when the, you're dedicated to this twenty four seven three sixty five, we've seen that. Anyone who knows you sees that. So when you put in that much, do you see a response from the kids as well? Like they'll put in the effort as well. Yeah, yeah, I do. And you know, that's one thing I do is you know I talk to kids you know before they even come to the program, let them know, man, this ain't gonna be easy. You gotta love it, you know, to be in this program. If you just like basketball, mm-hmm. we're not gonna get along. You're, you're not gonna like it. You probably need to go to another school and just play basketball. At this point. Well, we didn't build that. I'm interested in kids that's really trying to get to the next level in, in not just basketball, but in life. And um, that, that's just the kind of kids that I like to try to attract now. And you've kind of made up made it a point in your program that it's not just about what takes place on the court. It's about building the character of these players and, you know, building better citizens and better men off the court. Yeah, that's, that's the main thing. Like, you know, we – most time when people say go to the next level, they're just talking about playing college basketball. Sure. No, these kids, we're talking about going to the next level in life. Whatever you want to be at, try to be the best at. We're just using basketball. It's just the, the vehicle we're using to, to, to get there. And uh, we're teaching all those life lessons through the game of basketball. That's what we're doing. For a coach, when you see a player who's struggling with something, maybe their game, like maybe they're just super athletic. They can jump really high. But when they start, it starts clicking. They see You see them read the court a little bit better. They have better court vision. They, they can actually shoot better. What is that like for you when you teach them a lesson and then just a light switch turns on? Oh, it's, 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 it's a great feeling. You know, you're, you're sitting there and, you you know, you can do reps, reps, reps all day, but until you can translate it to a game and you see it, I mean, like, okay, it's working. It's working for them and that kid is getting better. So one thing that I've always noticed, you, you preach the efforts of going D-free. Mm-hmm. which is, you know, getting a college scholarship. Mm-hmm. You know, how important is it to stress to the player who wants to go play the next level that, you know, the more important thing is getting the scholarship, not necessarily what level you get it at? Yeah, you know, um, you, you, I talk to kids all the time, and that's that's another thing I say. Like, if you only want to go Division One, I'm probably not the guy for you, <laughs> you know. But if you want to go play college basketball anywhere – and save your parents money and you go get a free education, I can help you if you're willing to put in the work. You know, it's only 1% of guys go play at the, you know, Division One, but 4% go play at all levels. So it's a bigger bigger pool of money and scholarships at all those, at all those other levels compared to just the Division One level. And I think that's such a huge lesson to learn. I mean, sure, who doesn't want to go play for Kentucky or Duke right. or North Carolina? But as you said, uh, as an athletic director, one of your favorite days is signing day. I think you start every speech that yeah. way. What yeah. is it like for you to see that moment happen just with 
all the years of hard work and the, it's kind of excitement for the kid, but relief for the parents. What's that like for you? Unbelievable. Unbelievable. You know, all these kids got dreams of signing that scholarship. All those dreams, all those, just watch that dream come true right there in front of you. That's, that's a great feeling. That takes out all the phone calls you got from parents <laughs> and all the complaints you get from this person, <laughs> or that person. That makes it all worth it, you know, because um, th- that day is no matter how their career go, they're not going to forget that signing day. You- you'll never forget that moment. I'll never forget the moment I sat there and I signed and I got my mom and my dad and my granddad and my grandmother right there. St- I'll never forget it. So I know how much that moment means for those for those kids. And they don't think about it then, but they're always going to remember that moment 20, 30, 40 years from now. Absolutely. And let's talk more, a little bit about the team that you took over this year. Uh, well, the team that you had this year, a history-setting team, 18-4, and four, first ever trip to the Elite Eight. You had a special group, man. And, you know, what was it about this group that kind of, you know, what, what is going to live in Pacelli lore for a long time? Yeah, you had a great group. You had guys that, you know, got there when I got there that started at the bottom, like Ian Matthews. They say, hey, I'm going to go play at Pacelli. They went 0-22, but I'm still going to go over there and, and play for Pacelli. Um, then you go look at Deuce that took the team that went 5-21, and 21, getting beat 30 points by Brookstone. Say, oh, I'm going to go play for Pacelli. Then you go 13-14, and 14, and you say, you get a Keyshawn Fleet and say, I'm still going to go play for a losing program because we're still a losing yeah. program at that point. We went zero to five to 13. And then we got over the hump to 18 last year. Then you add a PR Summers that you still ain't got a really a winning program. But he said, hey, I'm going to take a chance, an opportunity to play on this this team that has a chance. So just that, watching that is pretty good. These guys left a legacy. 0-22 is a long season, Coach. Was your patience? That, that was uh, – and I, I think what helped me is I knew it was going to go 0-22. Oh, okay. So you kind of had your expectations. Yeah. Right? This I, is going to be a little bit of a struggle. Yeah, I knew it. I knew when I when they called me two weeks before the season start and I saw what they lost and I saw the schedule. I said, we're going to go 0-22. But guess what? That's okay because we're going to get better. Because I saw what we did this year. I knew we was going to get there. It just took a process, but you had to change the culture, get people to buy in, to really just working at it every day, and just put the pieces of the puzzle together. We're kind of in a culture. I'll just ask this one question real quick, Jack. Coaches are kind of hired to be fired. You know, like A lot of coaches don't get a lot of the time that you got. Maybe if they if they go 0-22 and they win five games. Yeah. Sorry, Coach, you got to find a new residence. What was it about – Pacelli that allowed them to like be patient with this program or was it with you just like look y'all I understand this isn't great but trust me yeah that's a that's a great question I don't know why they didn't fire me. <laughs> <laughs> I went 22 5 and 21 and 13 and 14 you should have got fired you're right most guys didn't think about that Rich <laughs> hey I'm glad you're here yeah, don't get me wrong we're glad you're here I hope I still got the shirt on today <laughs> but yeah man I, I, I don't know I don't know that. I never thought about it like that I may go back and ask my principal that. So why don't you keep me out there I went 0-22 and, and, and 5-21 and maybe she knew what that roster looked like too and then turned right side to see what that roster looked like you know so 
Oh, thank I, God they did stick with me. But that, that's a good point, though, Rex. I never thought about it like that. I'll be honest. If you had a whole bunch of Rex Castillos out there, you ain't win. You probably going on twenty two. I'll just be honest with you. But we're glad you're still here, <laughs> Coach. You, uh, you you still do better than a whole bunch of Jack. <laughs> trust me, Jack. Go ahead with your question, man. So you know, one thing that I don't know if every, a lot of people know is that not only are you, you, you know, everybody knows you from boys basketball, but you are also the athletic director at Pacelli and. I've noticed because, you know, I've been around here a while. I've noticed a distinct difference in under the Pacelli Athletics brand under your leadership than I've noticed in the past. You know, we're talking about, you know, the rebranding of the logos and then, you know, redoing Dymo Field and things like that. You know, how important is that is that as a program, especially, you know, a private school here in town? Oh, it's very important. You know, it's the it's the uh, key to success. You know, you got to keep getting better in all aspects of your athletic program. Everything got to get better. Uh, facilities, um, ev- everything, branding, everything got to get better. So every day I'm looking at ways to, to try to make it better. There's also got to be that sense of pride that the alumni and the student body has. It's, it's not one of these schools that are just like an easy win on the schedule because they're a private school, a small private school, whatever. There's a lot of pride with Pacelli and Pacelli Sports now, and as Jack pointed out, you had a big hand in that. What is that like for you to see alumni and student body and parents just be really proud to represent Pacelli now? Yeah, it makes me feel good. Um, <clears throat> they, uh, you know, it's private school. People make an investment to come to come to Pacelli, and uh, you like to see them reaping the benefits of winning, having people cheering for them, you know, selling out gyms, having big crowds at soccer games at 11 o'clock at night. You know, all that stuff is is great for those kids and those parents and those alumni that has invested in the school. So, in you talking about the program, you have a very, very, you know, as far as like your staff of coaches at Pacelli, we're talking about you have um, Bobby Howard, you have Dwight Jones, yep. you got Alex Guja, you yep. know, just to, like just to name a few – your coaching staff there, you know, is really trying to all build something special with everyone in those programs that they lead. I mean, you see how good the soccer team was this year, the baseball team making their run, the football team going to the second round for the first time in a while. Just how good is it to see everything starting to come up at once? Well, you know, coming from, you know, being AD and the basketball coach, you know, you, you probably get those people out there that say, oh, he just cares about basketball. Yeah, but then when you go out there and you invest in the people and all those sports, then you see them having success. They come back and be like, "No, nah, it ain't just about basketball." He <laughs> like he like all the sports because he's making investments in 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 the people to lead those programs. So it, it's a good feeling to see everybody having success. Go ahead, Rex. So I, out of all the sports out there, why basketball? What what got you interested in the game or even in getting into the coaching ranks? It's just where I. How I got to where I am today was was a basketball um, from Tifton, Georgia, playing basketball every day to a coach in Southern Union, Alabama, giving a five nine shooting guard that just so happened to run cross country an opportunity to Herbert Green, giving a five nine cross country runner from Southern Union a chance to be a basketball manager to start my coaching career. That's you know that's basketball right there for me. That's, it it did a lot for me. That's amazing. And that's kind of where I wanted to go next is that you got the opportunity to, you know, to be under the legendary Herbert Green, who is, you know, 
one of the greatest coaches, not just at CSU, but in the Peach Bowl. You know, what was it like being able to learn under his wing? Oh, it was an unbelievable experience. Just, you know, when you're sitting there in that moment, you don't really know who you're with. Sure. You know, you're like, this is Coach Green. You know, for me, I'm just like, man, I'm just happy to, to have an opportunity to be here learning. But when you're taking road trips, he's teaching you how to recruit, staying in hotels late at night and talking to you about players and basketball and how to get better. It, it was, uh, when I look back on it, man, it was unbelievable that I had that opportunity to be with him. To be in those ranks, and to, again, to be in legendary company like that, what was it about Pacelli that made you say, yes, this is where I need to be? Um, Pacelli, you know, it's, it's crazy how it happened. I just got an email. They said they was looking for a basketball coach, and next thing you know, I said, um, I'm sending out to a bunch of people. Everybody said, no, they're terrible. Oh, really? So, yeah, everybody said, no, I'm not doing it. And at that time, I, was, I wasn't I was coaching. I just running my CB hoops, and I said, you know what? I'm in this community. I'm supposed to be this basketball guy. Um, I need, probably need to go over there and help them because they need some help. So I went over there, and I just going to go over there. And the first year I did it, I didn't even work over there. I still worked at Northside. I did the discipline. And um, that's the year we went 0-22. And I just I just stuck with it. They came to me. When I went 0-22, you talk about raises. I got a raise. They brought me over to be the assistant AD that wow. next year after I went 0-22. And, um, and – Ever since then, we've been moving up, and Patel is an unbelievable place. You know, the more and more I looked around, I said, man, this place is a little different. I, I like it here. I'm going to try to stick it out. And it's got to be a little bit different to see a place have so much faith in you, you know, where, you know, like like you said, you go 0-22, oh, they give you a raise, and then you go 5-21, and 21, and they promote you again. You know, to have so much faith in what they and what you do, you know, that's got to be that's got to be comforting for us, you know, especially in the business where coach can be out just yeah. like that. But it goes back to, you know, it's, it's, it's a lot of credit to Pacelli on who they where the core values is faith, honesty, respect. You know, uh, they were loyal to me. You know what I mean? They they respect me. You know, they was honest with me. You know, it's you know, trust me. They trust me. So it goes back to Pacelli and everything that they they, they value. Kind of an underdog story. Uh, you guys go, again, like you said, 0-22, and, and you're seeing the underdog kind of win and gain some momentum now. Now, what, what, what is it like now when you bring up Pacelli in, in the community? What are you hearing about it? Oh, it's, it's everybody's fired up. Everybody want to know what you got next. Now now it's in a mode now where everybody expect you to win. You know, everybody <laughs> expect you to have players. Everybody expect you to be competitive in everything. And that's fine. You know, that's part of getting better. When you improving, that that comes with it, and um, it, it's pretty good in the community. We got a lot of momentum. We just got to keep riding it. Can't get settled. You know, we we had a good run this year, but just can't get settled. Got to keep trying to get one percent better every day. We got to get better next year. Is that one percent better, Jack? <laughs> exactly. I mean, and that's that's been your big mantra. Now, one thing I remember this time last year, I talked to you. You know, while we were in the, kind of the you know the the deepest part mm-hmm. of the pandemic. And one thing that's really cool that you do is your CB hoops. And, I'll, I'll, you know, for those who may not know what exactly you do with CB hoops, you know, tell us a little bit about that venture and, you know, all the work you put into there. Yeah. CB hoops, just a exposure, exposure company where I host uh, basketball showcases across the Southeast. Um, where I bring kids in from everywhere and they come in and they showcase their skills through their uh, drill, skill work in front of college coaches. And it gives kids that, that you may not know about. 
you know, these ain't the kids that you read about on ESPN and rivals and all this. These are all the under-recruited kids that just need the opportunity to showcase their skills in front of college coaches. So I host those events, and I try to connect those kids with coaches and the coaches to the players to, to try to find that kid an opportunity to go division free. There you go. <laughs> and, Coach, also, I guess during the pandemic when everything shut down, how much did you miss coaching? I don't know if I missed it. Gotcha. You know why? Because I got so much better in so many other things. I got to refresh. I got to spend more time with my family. I got time to host coaching clinics and just learn more about coaching and become a better coach. But the actual part of out there just coaching, I don't think I missed it at all. I missed the kids, but yeah. I didn't miss the, the coaching part. But I got better during the pandemic, hosting these coaching, virtual coaching clinics and exposure things over the internet. It was pretty good. So, no, I didn't I didn't miss it at all. And that was um, one of the things that we also talked about when I interviewed you back then was the Minority Coaches Association of Georgia that you're a part of. You know, for, you know, especially, you know, in this day and age, how important is it to have an association like that that helps coaches, you know, constantly get better? Because you always talk about the players getting better, yeah. but helps the coaches get better too. Oh, it's, it's so important. And, you know, I love high school coaches to death. I'm a high school coach too, but mm -hmm. I think I work, you know, a little bit harder than a lot of high school coaches. And, you know, first thing our high school coaches like to say is, kids, get in the gym. Go work on your game. Go work on your game. Go, go work. Go work. Go work. But it comes like what you just said, Jack. When do the coaches go work on their game? Hey. When do they go to a coaching clinic? When do they go what? You know, so we got to, we got to, we got to have associations like that to keep pushing coaches to get better because we're always talking about the kids, but. Coaches, they got to get better, too. How beneficial have these clinics been for you? I know that you're a big hand in organizing them, but how, how have they been beneficial to you? Oh, really good for me. You know, I'm, I'm one of them people like to steal stuff. <laughs> um, you know, I, I listen to everybody that's, that's been successful. I want to know it all. I want to know why did you fail. I do want to know why, why were you so good. I want to know, Coach Cream, why you struggled. Why you lost all them kids this year in the tram. I want to know that stuff, you know, and – by doing those clinics, building those relationships, you get to learn what to do and what not to do. Yeah, and you know that you're. You, this is not just you know any clinics. You know you're bringing some heavy hitters in here. Mm -hmm. You know I know Kirby Smart's been uh, you know one. Gus Malzahn, Jeremy Pruitt. You know you're. You know these are well known coaches that you know the average person like. Yeah, I know that guy. You know, so to be able to learn from some of the people who are at the pinnacle of their sport. You know, how important is that to be able to, you know, kind of pick their brain and be able to learn some of the intricacies of the uh, coaching profession from them? Well, it's, it's real important, especially for me to, to learn and try to get better. And not only just for me, I can take that information and give it back to the next coach or the younger, the younger generation and just keep pouring it on down. So exactly what you should be doing. What uh, has there been a piece of advice that really stuck out to you after all the coaching? Because the heavy hitters that Jack just mentioned, that they could probably drop some big, some big nuggets there. Is there a piece of, is there one that really stands out to you? Well, you know, when you really get down to it, when you're talking to those coaches, you know what they say? Mm. It's about players. <laughs> you know, yeah. we can sit here and we can talk about the X's and O's all day, but at the end of the day, it's about players and relationships. You got players and you build relationships. All those stuff is gonna work itself out. And that's what's amazing, just to hear those coaches at the highest level just say, don't don't get so caught up in the X's and O's because, you know, just like when we went 0-22 with Phil Jackson, would have went 0-22 too, <laughs> you know, because it's, it's about players and relationships. So, 
And speaking of those relationships, you know, how, especially at a place like Pacelli, where it seems like they value relationships maybe more than the average school, you know, how, how important is it to be able to get those players in and get them apart, get them to buy into your culture? Yeah, that's what, that's what's so good about the summer. You know, you, you build that stuff over the summer, spending those, those times in the gym when no one's in there with you and that team. And um, you just get there to, to learn the culture and, when school gets started, they, they know exactly what you're doing. When we get into practices, they know exactly what you're doing. So it's very important to get them in there early to show them how we do things. And the way you do things, I think we tried to reach out to you like, hey, coach, can we stop by practice? Sure, right. So we start at 6 o'clock in the morning. Like, Say what? <laughs> so what is it about getting the work done early in the morning and then to to start off the kids' day that way? Yeah, you know, uh, you know, part of it, too, I tell kids all the time, a lot of these kids say they want to play in college. These kids tell me they want to play college basketball. So if you want to play college basketball, if you want to be in that 1% that they all chasing, you got to do what 1% do. And that 1% is make a 1,000 shots a day. So it's 1% of high school players make a 1,000 shots a day, only 1%. And it's only 1% play Division One basketball. So to even get – to even have a chance to get to that level, you got to do the 1%, and that's make 1,000 shots a day. So we don't have time doing a regular practice to make 1,000. So that's why we have to get in there early and try to get as close as we can to, a you know, 1,000 shots. Wow. That's early. That is early, but he that makes so much sense. and It does. <laughs> and I mean – you got to do it. You got to do the yeah. work. So for you, I mean, you're just so you're literally just giving them a roadmap. Like this is what you got to do. You want to play in the one percent? You got to do what the one percent do. One thousand <laughs> percent. The math works out. <laughs> I've never been good at math, but I understand. <laughs> yeah. only one percent of them shoot a thousand shots a day. So only one percent is going to college because it's tough to shoot, to make a thousand shots a day. And I was about to say, does that really separate the pretenders from? That ain't no question. Because <laughs> you got to do it every day. Yeah. You know, you come. It's, like I tell my players, this ain't a college class. You just do it Monday, Wednesday, Friday. It's an everyday job. Mm-hmm. You got to do it every day. If you're really going to be really good, you got to be so committed. You got to yeah. be so committed. So let's talk a little bit about your journey to getting to Pacelli. You know, you talked about, you know, growing up in Tifton. You know, South Georgia ball is different mm-hmm. than most most people, you know, in Columbus or Atlanta would, you know, would see basketball. How was it, you know, growing up playing the game down in South Georgia? Oh, it was different. You know, South Georgia first is football. Second uh-huh. is football. <laughs> Third is football. Then we could talk a little basketball. So, yeah. you know, me just being a basketball player in South Georgia, not playing any football, it was it was tough, you know. Um, but we had a good basketball program, probably one of the best in South Georgia. Been to twenty six uh straight state tournaments. Um, but it, it it was really good and, and really tough. I played for a legendary basketball coach named Tommy Blackshear that um that that was tough nosed um coach, kinda like myself. And um it it was tough in, in South Georgia playing basketball in South Georgia because you don't talk about basketball till January, February in exactly. South Georgia. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, and I'm assuming growing up at Tifton you played at Tiff County. Yeah, Tiff County. So, so you know, playing the teams like, you know, the Valdostas yep. and the Lounge and stuff like that, you know, how, what did that do for your game? Were you able, you know, was that, you know, playing those kind of schools and stuff like that, you know, you had to elevate your game, play, you know, playing those kind of powerhouses? Yeah, and you had to be tougher. 
you know, because the Valdosta Alliance is not throwing basketball players on the basketball court. They throwing football players yeah. on the basketball court. Keeping so, them in shape. Yeah. So you got to be tough. You got to be strong. You got to be tough. You got to be mentally tough, and it, it it really helped me. And you talked about Coach Blackshear, who is a legend in the state of Georgia when it comes to high school basketball. Did you learn anything, you know, coaching-wise from him that you kind of take on to the court with you today? Probably everything. I probably coached exactly like him. Uh, he was disciplined. He was hard-nosed. He he had zero excuses for it. You know, he, he didn't take anything. And um, I, learned, I learned the main thing was discipline, just how to discipline your team. It's the way you do it. No, it's, it's it's just a certain way he did it, and I I try to st- steal everything. I try to go back down there now, and he's back coaching, and I go down there and watch a practice and try to steal more stuff from him. The way coaching has also evolved too. It, it's just because players are different, the game's different. different. How do you keep up with that? It is different. I I ain't crazy as I used to be. Um, <laughs> maybe, maybe that's why we're not zero twenty two anymore. There you go. Uh, <laughs> so you have to adjust to these kids. You know these kids are different. Um, so. The coaches that adapt and figure it out are the ones that's going to be successful. But if you're just old school, old school, and you ain't willing to adapt, you're going to lose a couple of these kids, and that's, that's not going to be good. So I, I have adapted to them and um, changed my coaching style a little, just a little, not a whole <laughs> lot, but just a little bit to you know, make them a little bit more comfortable to have, have some success. Now, speaking of your route, you took the JUCO route, yep. which – I don't know if it gets uh, gets enough love that, you know, the ability to go JUCO and then go to your four-year institution, you know, doing work at CVCC and Southern Union. What was it about those two institutions that kind of, drew you know, drew you to them? Yeah, you know, uh, Southern Union was the place that gave me opportunity out of high school. I had one opportunity to go to college. It was Southern Union. Mm-hmm. So, boom. Um, then when I went to Southern Union for two years, had some success, went to Columbus State, coming out of Columbus State, um, when I decided to start my CB Hoots. And my main thing for CB Hoots was to help, really, junior college kids because everybody was helping the high majors and high school kids. But nobody really took an emphasis on junior college kids. So me being in the, the JUCO world is what really, really uh, got me wanting to do the CB Hoots. And once I got CB Hoots started, I went and did a year of Coach Mahone at CVCC. He had lost his assistant one year and. I loved it. The one year I went over there and helped them out because Juco guys, uh, he didn't, like you say, Jack, they don't get enough love. And um, so we had, we need more people out there pushing Juco hoops. So that, that I, I got a deep, deep love for Juco hoops. I was about to say, what is the talent like out there at CVCC? Oh, at CVCC? Oh, it's pretty good. Pretty solid. Uh, Coach Ben Hitts do a great job over there. Um, probably one of the best coaches in the country that people don't know about. He used to coach at Georgia Southwestern. But, uh, yeah, JUCO hoops are really on the radar kids over there in the JUCO world. A lot of diamonds in the rough kind oh, of man. in JUCO. Really, really good kids. And so from there, you made your way over to Columbus State, mm-hmm. you know, and, you know, you got to play under coaches like Herbert Green, you know, and then you eventually, you know, worked your way up the ranks. What was it about, you know, coaching D2 Peach Belt, you know, and that's some of the best basketball in the Southeast? What was it about coaching and coaching there that kind of helped progress your career? Oh man, it was unbelievable. You know, to start your to start your career coaching on the Coach Green, that's a bonus. You yeah. know, you walk in the gym and you with Columbus State, that's a bonus. You you go out there and recruit. 
I could recruit anybody. I got the best players in the country. <laughs> you know, I'm saying come play in the Lumpkin Center, top 25 place to play in the country. That's how you tell tell people, say, man, this place is beautiful. So you had, I had Coach Green, I had the Lumpkin Center, I had Columbus, Georgia, a uh, pretty nice place to come to come live at. You know, selling all that stuff and and having that experience, it it it, it was pretty good just to start. You know, my career off being able to sell all that and and being Coach Green and the Lumpkin Center and all that stuff. I, I got off to a good start. I was blessed. What is life like as a recruiter? Because you got to have pretty tough skid and be able to turn the page pretty quickly, don't you? Yeah, you do. And uh, you got to you gotta be willing to drive that car, too. <laughs> um, I, I drove to Miami one day and came right back. Um, you got to – Miami? Yeah, there's some stories out there when recruiters that you don't hear about, but kid wasn't ready to come back home, so you had to go pick him up and uh, – that's that. That's them division two stories, recruiting stories. It's a little different. You got to mm-hmm. sometimes you may have to come pick up that player, but uh, yeah, it's 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 a tough life, and um, you got to be real in the grind, and you got to in the division two world, you got to mix it up, get some high school kids, get junior college kids, get a transfer kid. You're all over the place, and you talk a, a lot about grinding, whether it's you know when you were playing or you know starting out in the JUCOs or Columbus State or Currently now, Pacelli, what is it about the grind that makes you so successful? Uh, just how I was raised. That's who I am. Um, my whole life has been a grind, and it, it's not going to change. I don't expect it to change. That's just what it is. Biggest thing about, you know, you're, you're at Columbus State. You have a pretty good – you have a really good run in the college ranks. Why come back to the high school ranks? Well, it was uh, – I got out of the mode of where I didn't think I wanted to coach college basketball anymore. Really? Um, got married, had a daughter. And I'm tell you what really got me when I was at Columbus State, I said, man, they can fire you for uh, if you don't win. Now, that's what I learned at Columbus State. That if you don't win, you gonna get, you can get fired. Uh-huh. So mm-hmm. I said, oh, let me figure something else out. <laughs> <laughs> you know, uh, they, they, you, don't, you go 0-22 at Columbus State, you're going to get fired. Um, so I started looking at the CB Hoot stuff, and then I, I, I wanted to figure it out, and I got that going, and when I got that call to come back to uh, Pacelli in high school, I just really just fell into it. You know, I never planned said, oh, I want to coach high school or I want to be an AD at the high school. Never, never dreamed of it, of of even coaching high school. I never had said it. I just did it that year, and five years later, I'm still sitting here. <laughs> kind of fell in love with it. Yeah, I did. And Pacelli's a great place, unbelievable place. Um, I, w- I don't think I could just say I coach at any other high school. Um, Pacelli's different. It'll be hard to to get me to leave to take another high school job. You know, I, it's nothing like Pacelli. I, I wouldn't do it. This is it, huh? This, this sounds like home for you then. Oh, it is. It is. I, I'm, I'm not going to where I got the best high school job in the country. You know, it ain't even close. So you've coached not only at a public high school, but you've coached at a private high school too. What are the biggest difference besides the obvious one, which is, you know, hey, you can bring, you can go out there cruising and everything. What's the biggest difference? Um, In, in which aspect? Of the schools? Like the schools, you know. Competition. Competition. Culture. Yeah. Um, the biggest difference I would say is uh, I think in the private school, you get to pick and choose a little bit more. Sure. You can, you, you kind of create your own, your own story. You know, public school, they, they throw you here and you're in this class mm-hmm. with these 30, 40 kids. Private school, you're in this class. You get to pick which class you want to be in with those 
12 to 15 kids. Um, you you travel a little different. You know, you eat a little. It's just a little different um, from public to private school. You know, public schools, for the most majority, they got government money, so they got a little bit more money. But the private school world is it's a, it's a good little world. You've coached some big names, obviously. I mean, not only with the recent ones like Ian and Deuce and, and Pierre Summers, but Contavious uh, Caldwell Pope yeah. was one of your players. What was he like to coach? Oh, unbelievable. He was really humble, really humble. That's when I coached him with the Georgia Blazers. Mm-hmm. And um, really, really humble, workaholic. Um, didn't say a whole lot. Just who, <laughs> didn't say a whole lot. Just just played. Just put in the work. Just put in the work. Kind of Larry Bird type. Just not yeah. really, not not the guy who would be yeah. giving like a stunning TV interview, but yeah. his yeah. game spoke for him. Didn't say a whole lot. Just put in the work, and boom, next thing you know, he's slammed side LeBron James. So, Coach, one of my biggest memories of the 2021 season was that Elite Eight game against mm-hmm. uh, Southwest Atlanta, uh, Southwest Atlanta Christian. No, Sweet 16 game against yeah. Southwest Atlanta Christian, where uh, uh, Ian gets to steal and then Deuce. Yeah. Puts the gets to put back in as the time expires. You know, for games like that, that seemed like a landmark moment for the program. And did that kind of like, you know, give you kind of a little bit of validation for all the work you guys have been doing? Yeah, it did. Um, that was a huge game. Um, you recorded that. that yeah, like, yeah. That was, yeah, I was at that. He was, game. Up, that was, he was, he was down that, there. That was great work. Um, that'll be a memory we'll watch back for the next thirty years. Thank you for being there. Um, but and you can watch right here on News Three, right? No question. Ding. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, that that game was huge for us. Uh, Ian go down there, steal it, blows the layup. Deuce right there to have his back. I didn't even know it went in. I thought I was going overtime. Um, <laughs> um, but it it was it was a really good historic historic win for our program and something to jumpstart us to, to to get us going and, and keep this thing going. With that play, it kind of. It shows a lot of what you preached, a lot of hustle, a lot of discipline for, for to make that steal and not foul, but for Deuce to be there in time. Because a lot of kids assume it's Ian. He's going to make a yeah. dunk or he's going to make the bucket because yes. he's the biggest kid on the court yes. sprinting that fast. But what what Did that kind of play show, again, hustle, discipline, yeah. and the way to pay attention? Yep, and don't give up. And don't give up on the play. You don't give up. You don't give up on play. You don't just assume that he's going to make that shot because – you're right, Reds. If Deuce don't, if Deuce just jaws, we lose. He had to sprint almost to catch in to to lay it up to to finish. If he just jaws when he put it back, it wouldn't have counted. So mm-hmm. just think, we was a tenth of a second, like being home and eliminated. So that it does go back to program values of bust your tail, work hard, don't give up on plays. We'll get to you right here, but Jack, how loud was that gym when Deuce made it in? And this man was right in the middle of the celebration as well. Man, that's when I learned that Corey Black is celebrating with the best of them. <laughs> because to see you celebrating, I, I, I have rarely ever seen a coach jump into a mosh pit with, <laughs> with the student body. But there he was. First, he's hugging everybody. And I think that goes back to, you know, what you say about, you know, you love these kids. Yeah. And you know you went you went around every single solitary player on your team and say, "I love you boys, I yeah. love you boys." And then you proceed to go mosh pit into the student <laughs> into the the student section. Like, 
What was do, do you even remember what was going through your mind during that time? No, I don't. Uh, I know it was going to the lead eight though. There you um, go. I, I knew that part, and it, you know what else? I did know that uh, that student session is real good. It ain't a student session around here like our students and our support. So I, that's why you know I want to show them that I love them too, because you know they they come out there in full force and they yeah. it's, it's a really really good home home court advantage. And the whole whole year I was like. And if we can just play at home during the playoffs, we got a shot. If we could host every game, and we lost that coin flip, you know, to, yeah. to that lead eight. But I knew at home we always had a shot with that student session we got. I, I have to agree, man. It's it's one of the loudest we have yeah. in the in the yeah. area. It's, it's incredible. For, for, for you know, it, you know, the land is you know it ain't the biggest arena, right? You know, it's, <laughs> it's loud though, but it's stupid loud <laughs> in there. That's for certain. It sure is. It's a loud place. A loud place to play. It's hard to come in there and get a win. It's hard. It's it's hard for you not to smile when you talk about that, oh, that yeah, place, yeah. and for you to give back with this season and for what we're sure is going to be even more success down the line. How much pride? How much self pride do you have in that? That you that you and your coaches and the players you bring in were able to give that back to the community. Yeah, it was it, it's good, and you know you always want to see that work pay off. You always want to see coach. You talking about one percent better? One, well, what does it look like? Well, that day that's that's what it looked like. Yeah, this is what the one percent looks like right here. You get to celebrate with your your loved ones and your families and and, and advance to the lead eight for the first time in school history. Question, have you ever been a part of a court storming before then? <laughs> no, I haven't. I haven't. I always wanted to. And I guess that's that came into play, too. Wow. <laughs> so does that make you even hungrier for more success? Now? Yeah, that's one thing it does do now. It makes you want to just, you know, this, you know, it's fun coaching, but when you winning in coaching, it makes the ride a little bit more sweeter. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Especially the year not just in basketball that we had and baseball and soccer and volleyball and track and field and all these sports having a little success it, it, yeah. it, it makes it it makes it a little fun going to work Absolutely. every day saying I mean, we got a chance we got a game tonight and something you know we got a chance to go out here and compete and have a chance to win that i don't really call it work you know? one thing that i don't know if a lot of people notice is that how much success that all your teams did have this year exactly you know deep playoff runs for everybody like seriously you know the football team second round that was the first time in a long time they had make it to the second round you know, a baseball team making it to the Elite Eight. No one expected them to make the Elite Eight, especially because they had, you know, they played a really tough schedule during the season, so their record didn't really yep. indicate how good they were. Yep. And then the soccer team final under four? Alex yeah. Guja, Final Four, and honestly, they could have, they were a state title contender. Yeah, it was right. There. And so, you know, girls just like, sorry to interrupt, but girls flag football. Also oh, yeah. Great, yeah. Great show girls flag that. football. We <laughs> yeah. selling out Diamond Field for girls flag football now. It was, it was unbelievable. Year. So to see all of that coming from this, you know, you, I mean, Pacelli's not the biggest school in no. the city of Columbus by far. <laughs> the smallest, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, Towards and, there. <laughs> and, to, and to see all of that coming from this school, man, and knowing that you're a part of the leadership at the top of the helm. What does that say about, you know, the work that everybody's putting into this program? Man, it says that, that you know, you got the right people on the bus leading these programs. You got the right student athletes playing in these pro programs. And uh, it makes you feel good and it makes you want to keep it going, though. Mm -hmm. You know, it makes you want to, all right, who's next? Girls basketball, come on, let's go. <laughs> you know, volleyball, let's go. You know, let's, you know, volleyball got to the state tournament. Now let's go win a game in the state tournament. Yeah. Girls basketball, they got to the state. Now let's go win a game in the state tournament. Girls soccer got to the. Let's go win a game in the state tournament. Baseball, you got the lead eight. 
let's try to get back to the lead eight final four football. You got to the second round. Let's try to win two games in the playoffs. So it just keeps you hungry and keeps you trying to get better at it. So it's a combination of hunger and patience, which I'm sure the yeah. patience part is the hardest part to again, 1% better. It looks really boring in the yeah. process. Yeah. But for these kids, is it, do you see it clicking with, especially with the generation who's been with you for years? Yeah, it, it clicks and they, they understand like, you know, it's a process and you got to trust the process. You know, everybody talks about trust and process until you really got to trust it. And um, so our kids that, that do trust it, they see the benefits of it. Now, let me ask you about this because I talked a little bit about the coaches that you have on staff with you. Do you learn anything from them and their coaching styles that, you know, that kind of adapt over to you? Yeah, I uh, I try to steal everything I can from Bobby Howard. <laughs> the, the guy got 12 state championships. Yeah, you know got to learn from him. Played for 17. You know, a lot of people don't even think about that part of it. He won a junior college state championship too. Wow. Um, so – did you know that? I did not know that. I yeah, mean, I did. Seventeen and a JUCO world, and a JUCO champion. a JUCO state championship. Yeah, he went to coach JUCO one year and won that. That is one heck of a personal trophy. Case. And came back to high school. So uh, I try to steal everything from him. You know, and ask all kind of questions about mm-hmm. why you do this, why you do that. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, coach Jones been coaching forty years. Yeah. He got to have some kind of knowledge of something. So I try to steal and just watch how they do stuff, and uh, just take a little bit and piece and try to implement it through all our programs and myself. Kind of a big picture question, um, specialization. I know that a lot of parents kind of believe in that. Other coaches say, like, teach your kids multiple sports as a basketball coach, but as an athletic director as well. Where do you stand on that? I'm, I'm, I'm really about what's your, what is your, what are they passionate about? Got you. Because we could say multi-sport, but if you if you love basketball and you don't love football. Why go out there in a hundred degree weather? Point taken. Yeah, I, I I don't I don't see forcing because if you don't love like if you don't love it, it's not gonna work. You know, um, I think you like early on middle school ages, maybe ninth grade, you try to push them to do both because they really still don't know. Kind of like the Ian Matthews story. Ian mm-hmm. hated football. Really, Ian didn't play football to his ninth grade year. Wow. Wow. That I did not know. Yeah, I didn't know that either. Yes. Not, so, as a freshman, that's when he started. That's like, when he started football. Ian didn't like football at all. Ian was straight basketball. I saw him play in the eighth grade and uh, as a basketball player. And Ian, he, we said, come try football. He said he's going to play. And he didn't play his sophomore year of football. He didn't like it. Wow. That's so, incredible. So, that goes back, but you still pushed them a little bit. Like, man, you may want to look at football a little bit more. You know to you know to keep your options open. So he went back out there and look, boom, he's at Auburn now yeah. playing football. But <laughs> so you got to balance it in. You got to look at that kid and you got to have the right people around him to see yeah. exactly what they can be. Because if it, if I could I could have been that I could have been that coach AD would have said, man, just stick basketball, man. Could have been selfish with him, right? Six five, mm-hmm. two hundred ninety pound man. You gonna play back? But where he gonna play basketball at six five, two ninety? Nowhere. Yeah. Well, he could have went. Division two, maybe, maybe doubt it, but six five two nine is soon threes. A whole lot of people don't want that player, mm-hmm. but six five two nine. It's a lot of programs that want them on their football. <laughs> exactly, program. sure do. So when you talk about the, should they play both? It's it's all about what they love, and you got to look at them. And you got to have the right people around them to help them make that decision too. Em- point. Emphasis on the right people around them because <laughs> big you, facts. Because you have been around a uh, world with recruiting. 
that players don't always have the right people around them. Yeah. How do you, you know, when especially when you're recruiting somebody, how do you kind of balance that and be able to, you know, if that person doesn't have the right people around them, do you kind of tell them like, hey, you know, this will really work out for you, you know, but, you know, you just got to, you know, believe it. Yeah, you know, um, you have to look at people's circle. And um, sometimes you can evaluate someone. If you see they don't have the right people around them, you know it's not going to work. That's the person you need to say, nah, you need to move on from them. Because if they got the wrong people around them, it's not going to work. So so when you're talking to people and you you, you see their circle, you, you, you'll you know, like, yeah, it's probably a good person to get. Or no, it's not the right person to get. Coaching, you've made your life in it. You've made, you know, you've helped impact kids about it. What is the best part about being a high school coach? The development, mm-hmm. um, watching them mature, just watching them grow, watching them come in as a freshman, um, can't touch the rim like a deuce uh, in sophomore year, couldn't even dunk. Wait, yeah. deuce could not dunk his sophomore year? Sophomore year, deuce could not touch the rim. Wow. Oh. So wow. then, so this then, is a guy that we said that should have been in the slam dunk contest last year. The man pulled off a 360 on a breakaway so that <laughs> in the made, middle of a game. Right. So that makes you, when you see that, when you see a kid saying, Coach, I want to dunk, and he can't, and then you look two years later, he's doing a 360 in a game, it makes you like, wow. Yeah. But then when you sit back, I'm not really wowing because I see the work he do every day when nobody's around, when nobody's at the land. <laughs> you know what I mean when it's Y'all just at him. six o'clock in the morning, and exactly. Just, you know, and then so then when you go back to that, it all makes sense. He to put in the work. Wow, goodness gracious! Is there a player that you've coached that kind of sticks out? Like my gosh, I can't believe where like he he was that kind of player. Oh, I would say Contavious Caldwell Pope, no question about it. I I couldn't. I I remember one day we was in a workout and one of my friends, so uh, Persian Williams, coaches at Kennesaw State now. He said, Coach, that kid's going to be a pro. I said, Kentavious? He said, yeah. I said, I don't know about that coach. Then, boom, next thing you know, kid is a pro. Um, So, I say that's the one. Not even a pro, a champ. (laughs) Yeah. That was my next question. (laughs) When KCP won that title with LeBron in that weird bubble season, what was that like for you? It was great to see that, you know, you you coach somebody and you want to hope that you had a part in his his growth when he was with you in, in high school and you helped guide him in making the right decisions when he was with you in high school and in, in the travel season. So it made me feel real good just to see him. He's a humble kid from the country town of Greenville, Georgia. Mm-hmm. And it just lets you know that, man, you can be anywhere. You can play. They'll find you. Um, you know, you don't have to be at a big school or anything. That's that's just what it showed me. And. That kind of goes back to, you know, Pacelli, you know, once again, not a, not the biggest school, but it goes to show, like, you know, we have a guy like Ian who, you know, is playing D1 football this year. You know, what do you tell your kids, you know, that is, you know, as far as chasing scholarships? I know they, that, you you know, D3 is the most important thing. But if, you know, if, if their aspirations are they want to go, you know, play at the highest levels, what do you tell them? You know, as far as like them chasing their dream, tell them you got to put in the work. You know, I tell them all the time. Don't tell me, don't tell me you want to start or you want to play varsity, if or you want to be a pro or you want to play unless you're willing to do it every day. And that's 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 just my thing. Like 
don't tell me you want to do any of it unless you want to do it every until you do it every day. Now we can we can talk, but if you, you can't treat it like a college class. Monday, Wednesday, Friday, you ain't gonna get there. Tuesdays and Thursdays, you know, like them college classes ain't gonna work. You gotta do it every day. When you're willing to do it every day, go go get it. It can happen. What would this Corey Black today? What would he tell a young Corey Black getting into the co- into the coaching career? Ooh, I would tell myself to connect more, connect more, network more, uh, reach out to people more. Uh, I I reach out more now because I know than versus when I didn't know. Um, just connect, write letters, um, introduce yourself. You know, I do more of that stuff. I try to write letters every day. Thank you notes. Thank you. Um, thank you for uh, reaching out or or putting that quote out or anything. I, I try to write letters and just connect with people and network. That's what I would tell them. That's really interesting because in a world where we can tweet and find the right hashtag or get the right tag on any social media, why letters? Nothing like it. Nothing is like someone sitting down, taking the time to write. It's easy to pick up that phone, text you. Thank you for 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 talking to me. Thank you. That's easy to text. But to get an envelope, take out your pen, write the letter, get that envelope, address it, get a stamp, that took some time. That's can't argue with that. I can't argue with that. <laughs> that's that's incredible, coach. And with through throughout your career, is there one moment that just stands out to you as like, you know, like the biggest moment of your career? Um I would say this year. Really? I think this year, 2021 at Pacella Athletics, probably the biggest moment of my career as an athletic director and a basketball coach, both combined, just seeing where we started and where we at. Um, we're not finished, but just where we're at. I think it's, it's, this year was really – I was blessed this year to, to experience everything we did this year with the new field, having success and – just to see that progress from when I got there, it was it's totally different. You know, the the land didn't even have air conditioning. It wasn't even painted. Wow. Um, football field was a was a dump. Baseball <laughs> field, we wasn't even playing games there. Um, you know, just to seeing all that the school, but we didn't even have a school bus. You know, so all those improvements. Now the land is painted. We got. Um, air conditioning in the gym, you got the turf down, you got bleachers coming, you're getting the whole branding face of the whole thing, and you got a brand new school. You know, just to see all that stuff and all this stuff just happen, this this right here, this year is kind of put us where, okay, man, this is really good just to sit back and watch. You've done a lot already. What in the world keeps you motivated? Um, Trying to get better than we were. Um, Just, you know, you know, you see the field and you, okay, you got bleachers. Okay, you got this, but what else can you do? We need to rebrand it. We don't need no baseball scoreboard, too. We need a football scoreboard. The land, we need a new floor. We need a new bathroom. We Just try to improve it. Just try to keep it better. I'm just trying to be better than I was yesterday. I never want to get settled. And um, I feel like whenever I just get comfortable and settled, it's time for me to find something else to do. Wow. So, Coach, um, we're getting close to the end of the, end of the show here of uh, – Biggest, biggest thing for me is just the impact you have on this school. What do you, when it's all said and done, what do you want your legacy to be as a Pacelli Viking? I would say that I, I hope that I made it better. 
than than when I got there. Um, that I made an impact, and whoever's next, they can just keep it going. And you can go back and you can look at the years I was at Pacelli, and you can say, well, he got, he he improved. I want the legacy to be like he made Pacelli one percent better. I, I think you definitely made it more than one percent. I can say more like a, <laughs> we could probably put that in the three digits. Yeah, pretty much, Coach. Also, but we'll get as, as we head into your new season. You lost as we I think we talked before. You lost some big names, lost some starters, and you had to replace some big names. So, do you enjoy that challenge as well? When I, like, I love it, <laughs> I love it, I love it. You know, really and truly, you know, this year I didn't have to coach those guys. Those mm-hmm. guys are talent. I managed. You know, gotcha. I didn't coach. I, they 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 piss me off, and they, they you know they get they get down ten points. I sit down. Next thing you know, boom, we're up fifteen. You know what I mean? On a group like that, that's special like that, you don't really have to coach them. You just manage them. But what I really do love is like the group I'm fit to go to now at the gym that that young and trying to figure it out. I love because guess what? They listening to everything. I can develop them. I can see one of them can't touch the rim right now, but two years from now, boom, they'll be dunking. Or some of those kids that's there now, you'll be like, well, where that guy come from? He just been here. He just been getting better. So I love these teams too. I love that that team that we just left. No question about it. Is we, we win and you know you got a chance. But I really, for me personally, I love the development part. I love just getting in there, putting the pieces of the puzzle together, and trying to make it all work. Go ahead, Jack. Go on, go ahead. Well, I was gonna also say, like these guys, like yeah, those big, those big talented guys who can be ready to take on the Spencers of the world. Yeah. Usually, I mean, in the past, as Jack has told me in the past, it's, it's a ride and win for Spencer when they play Pacelli. Now it's one of those things where it's like, yeah. now this is gonna be a dogfight. Yeah. Now, what is it like to get? The, is it the challenge of like getting these young kids to understand, like you're going to Spencer? It's gonna be hard. It's gonna yeah. be a grind. But yeah. trust me, we can play. Yeah, it's uh, it's a, it's all part of development. You know, it's all part of a mental. You know. Or, or the mental aspect, or getting them ready to 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 be able to play a Spencer and Hardaway and guys like that, gonna be tough. And needless to say, you're it. It seems like you're really looking forward to this upcoming season, and you know, and everything gonna be you know pretty much back to normal. You know, what are you looking forward to the most with this squad besides you know developing them and you know trying to bring them up to the expectation that Pacelli basketball has now. Well, I'm looking forward to just seeing them compete. And uh, this community probably think Pacelli is done because we lost six, seven counts. So I'm excited to to push these guys every day right now. And then when you get back to basketball season, you're going to look up and you're going to be like, dog, Pacelli's still around. <laughs> Pacelli still got a couple players they can play. Pacelli has put a couple pieces to the puzzle together that, that, that gives them a chance to be competitive. So that's that's what I'm looking forward to. Jack, I don't know about you, but I've left it again. Another conversation where we leave inspired. So, coach, seriously, thank you so much. But before we go, you got we one question, one big you. question. And Jack, what's the caveat to this? The caveat is you have to help us make this happen. So, with that condition, who would you like to see here on the On Your Sidelines podcast? With any guests that you would like? Oh, Bob Howard. That's a good one. That's a really. That's good a one. really good one. That's a really good one. Yeah. I think I think that'll be really good. He's really good to talk to in these podcasts. I've listened to a couple of his before. Um, but yeah, I would say Bob Howard, Coach Howard, would be a really good one. 
I mean, a guy who's a 12-time champion. 12-time <laughs> champion. You don't get to talk to those guys every day. A guy, a guy who coached Frank Thomas as well. Five, six different Hall of Fames. I mean, Hall of Famers. I mean. You know he, what I mean? He, he, I, listen, I was on the opposite side of those, some of those people. <laughs> like, I went, to, I went to Shaw from 06 to 10. That was like oh, the peak Bobby Howard at Columbus yeah. years. So Jack, Jack still needs a hug after that one. Yeah. Um, so you don't get to talk to those guys. When you get an opportunity to talk to somebody that, and, you know, everybody would talk about the 12 state championships. He played for 17. You know how hard that is to do? 17 It's hard to play for one. Right. Play for one. As good as we was at Pacelli this year, we only got to the lead eight. eight. <laughs> that tells you how hard it is. This yep. guy won 12. So, I think that's worth a, a good conversation just to be able to pick his brain and just listen to some of his stories. Last quick question. Are you seeing with the baseball team kind of a 1% better mentality with that? Because it's, oh, yeah. it's going to take a little bit for how for Bobby's culture to take place. But are you seeing yes. that with that? I'm seeing it. And he this year he, he got over the hump. And next year they'll, they'll be really good. And you'll see that he then implemented his culture and his his style. And it's coming. It's, it's really good to see that part of it. Can't wait to see it. I mean, definitely, that's a good that's a good suggestion. Appreciate you, Coach. We're gonna definitely need your help. With oh yeah, that. We'll do <laughs> it. that's easy. Coach, stick around, but we're gonna wrap this up. Uh, Jack, my goodness, I talk about it. Uh, it seems like Coach Black is just the underdog story that has reached the mountaintop from being the guy who was going to Southern Union to turning Pacelli to what it is. I mean, that's just incredible. Man, Rex, we're eight for eight on inspirational <laughs> episodes of the On Your Sidelines podcast. Like, just re, re going going through Coach Black's journey. From Tifton, Georgia, to you know, being taking Patelli to where it is now is just absolutely incredible. I think we need a one percent better every day sign in the in the office right now to remind us and just maybe give it a little tap. Put it. We we'll put it next to the John Wooden plaque. Hey, there we go. Well, guys, um, we wrap up another yet an incredible episode. Jack, well, let's let people know where where we Our, can go. Well, actually, Rex, you know how this goes. Flip it. Uh, what you call it, Rex? Where can they find us? Guys, it's I'm getting I'm getting back in mid-season form. So, guys, you can always check these out on WRBL.com. We're getting on these other uh, channels through Spotify, Audible, and your Apple Podcasts. It's going to be great to when we, you can get them. But, of course, you can also follow us on social media. Jack, where can they find us? You can follow us on Twitter at TV at RexCastillo.tv. Facebook, you can find us at WRBL Rex Castillo, WRBL Jack Patterson. And, of course, follow the News 3 Sports team on both social media platforms at WRBL Sports. Rex, take us home. Guys, an incredible, another incredible episode with Coach Corey Black. We'll definitely work on getting Coach Bobby Howard. I've learned a lot about being 1% better because you've seen it work with this team. Can't wait to see you guys again in another two weeks right here on your sidelines. Catch you later.